Hi guys, welcome back. It's been quite literally almost a full season since the last episode went live. Um, this episode was recorded way back in May, believe it or not, but I'm a working gal and I've been living. I spent almost a month in Turkey the day after this episode was recorded. Um, I also just had a season of feeling like a social butterfly and I know once that first cold breeze hits in New York, that will definitely go away. So I just wanted to be present and enjoy all of the festivities New York summers have to offer. Anyways, I'm itching to get this episode live. It's long overdue and I will get more into what I've been up to in the next episode coming out in a couple of weeks. So I'm going to keep it short and get right into it. Today's guest is Tara Thomas. For those of you who don't know her, Tara is a chef and hospitality consultant, but it doesn't stop there. She is also a model, the founder of a nonprofit, Breaking Bread, queen of the community gardens, and an overall Aquarius star you'll be sure to see hit your Instagram feed at one point or another. As she says, speaking for food through food. In this episode, we talk about how her childhood environment shaped her career, the importance of a community ecosystem, and how you can use your skills to benefit not only yourself, but those around you. Also, since this episode has been recorded, I have indeed tasted Tara's food, and I can attest it is a vegan slice of heaven, earthy abundance, if you will. If you get a chance to try it yourself, definitely don't miss it. Anyways, I hope you guys enjoy this episode and please remember to follow the pod on here so you get notified as each episode comes out. I'm going to add all of Tara's links in the show notes for you as well. Lots of love. I hope you're having a glorious summer and as Tara would say, chef's kiss. I just moved to Greenpoint two months ago. So, so far I love it, but um, yeah, for now it's great. Love that. Wonderful. Yeah. How's your weekend? It was good. I had a um long, long time friend come visit. She just moved to Philly um, a little while ago. So she just came to New York for the weekend. So I had her here and just like you know, vibing, flowing, doing our thing, but it was really good to see her. And, um, I leave for Turkey tomorrow. Ooh, vacation. Yeah. My boyfriend is from there. So we're going with his family and I'm actually taking my little brother this year. We go every year, but, um, I'm taking my little brother just to show him what else is in the world. And, um, yeah, so we're going to be there just for a few weeks and, just uh, it sounds so nice my friend was just there for 10 days and I was like I think I need to go there next for vacation oh I will send you all the recommendations it's a magical place I love where are you Mm -hmm. from I'm from Massachusetts my dad is from Lebanon so I'm like first gen here um Mm -hmm. but my mom is American and just like a mix of things but I was born and raised um on like an island super northern mass called Cape Ann like polar opposite of New York vibes. Um, yeah. And I moved here three years ago. 
So nice. So still a newbie, but we're, oh, you know what? We're going to get into this with you because I'm like, I always start in the beginning with like chats. And then I'm like, wait, I asked them things that like, like now I need to cut. Is, is the process. Okay. Yes. The chat is the process. Okay. So let's dive into it. We're going to start with the intro, just letting, I feel like most people who already listen to the podcast know of you know, kind of, they, they get the gist, but for those who don't, let's just kind of play that role of who you are and what you do. Yes. Uh, my name is Tara Thomas and I am a chef and a hospitality consultant. And I also am the co-founder of a nonprofit called Breaking Bread, which is a food sovereignty based mission in New York City. And we collaborate with different community partners um, to, yeah, spread the word on food sovereignty and explore what that looks like. Beautiful. And we're going to dive into that more. And so let's like backtrack to the way beginning and just start off with like your background, Mm -hmm. your upbringing, your family, schooling, everything up until like you moving to New York and this life that you've built for yourself now. Yes. So, um, I was actually born in Weymouth, Massachusetts. Oh my God. What? I don't, I don't know anything about it. Like my, (laughs) my dad, my dad was a military. So like he was Uh, like there. And then like six months after I was born, we moved to Portland, Oregon. And that's like where I spent my childhood because he retired there. Um, So yeah, we lived in Portland, like outside of Portland and like the suburbs and um, what, what, yeah, it's just like very suburban Mm. life where we were just going to, I was just going to school I did a lot of sports I did gymnastics and swimming and I loved just being outside my mom's like a avid hiker yeah my, my parents met in Nepal my dad was military that's how he got there my mom's she's from the Netherlands she, he's American he's black American from Louisiana and my dad my mom is um Dutch and she was just traveling the world and then they met each other and then they got married like a year later and then they moved to the U.S. and yeah that's how they had my sister my sister is 10 years older than me and then um they had me and yeah my mom just like loves like going on adventures so we'd always go on like hikes all the time and my parents liked gardening and um yeah I just kind of have like a little haven in my backyard and we lived by a forest I was just always like outside and creating things and having a good little childhood and then um yeah I got I was really interested in food from a young age like I've always been like a hungry person and Mm -hmm. ready to eat also I was picky but like same yeah I was like I was picky but I was ready I wasn't one of those kids that was like gonna starve themselves I was like no I have to eat I'm ready (laughs) some kids are like no I could do without it I'm like you're crazy yeah no I was the same (laughs) and yeah exactly and um yeah I loved like the food network Anna Garten she's she's an idol she's amazing Mm. and I would kind of just like try to do my like little farm to table thing in my backyard just like playing with random plants and stuff and um I remember I was just really intrigued by 
plants as themselves like flowers and things in the garden trying to like make things look like food and like now as I've gotten older I've realized some of those things were like actually edible that my mom was like that's poisonous and I'm like a fuchsia is an edible flower mom like that is fully a food and now I'm like I can eat them um but yeah I never really saw cooking and food as like a career um I was always like kind of taught that like I know I went to one of those schools that was like STEM, you know, STEM mm-hmm. is STEM is how you're gonna survive. And um, so I was really intrigued with like environmental science and like business like in school. And I, I love that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I eventually went to university for environmental and structural engineering. But wow. then I didn't like I I took a gap year because I was like, I don't know if I want to work like corporate. I learned really fast that it wasn't actually improving the world. It was just like a way to continue colonizing that looks nicer. Mm -hmm. So I took a gap year to kind of figure out what I was going to do. And at that point I had gone plant-based like for two years. I went plant-based when I was a vegan, when I was 17. Oh, wow. How did you get into that at such a young age? uh actually yeah my friend in French class she like moved there from LA and she was a vegan and I was like so weird but then like (laughs) we always hung out we had like a group of friends that would like always hang out and like go out to eat and I just like kind of learned how easy it was to be Mm -hmm. and I eventually kind of found myself being vegetarian without any effort Mm -hmm. was doing it so then I committed to that and then I was still like I don't know I think that's when I realized that like dairy wasn't actually like good like I was like I think I actually am allergic to this so um eight months in I went vegan um for the animals for the environment for all the reasons yeah and um yeah about two years after that when I took my gap year that I'm technically still on seven years (laughs) later um or six years I don't know what time it is anymore um I yeah I was like I'm gonna pursue food like I'm gonna just do it like that I feel like that was the time when people were like building careers on Instagram and like yeah I was like this is like accessible like I can do this I just have to like do it you know like I just yeah. have a priority um and I started a catering business and I did like like small events and then eventually like more experimental dining in Portland and then I also was a private chef for a family and yeah a year later I moved to New York to finish culinary school but I didn't do it because I didn't like going to culinary school it's like I'm already working so like why am I doing this I was like I feel like I I interviewed so many chefs during school because I was just not loving it and I was like do I have to do this because my dad's like you need to go to culinary school because you need an education like you mm-hmm. dropped out and I was just like okay I will and I just was like no this is not right dad um and then what happened after that yeah I moved to New York and stopped during culinary school and just kind of jumped into things here and so how was like how was your upbringing in Portland because I've only been there once my um like one of my really close friends from home 
she moved there like on a whim right before the pandemic and was like, I just feel like I need to get out of Massachusetts. I need to go see the world. And I don't know why Portland's calling my name. Never had been there before. And I was like, okay, like whatever works for you, go, I'll come visit. And I loved it. Like she lived in the city, but it was surrounded by forests and water. And like, you had access to all of these, I don't even know, like just like nature while living in a city. And so I know you said you lived in the suburbs and, you know, you were outside, like creating these little, um, food experiences and all that. I, I did the same as a child. So that's really funny. And, um, I can imagine it. I feel like that childhood would be kind of like magical being in that little bubble Mm -hmm. of like the, having so much access to just nature around you. Definitely. Do you think that kind of like guided you into like the career that you have now? Mm -hmm. Definitely. Mm -hmm. I feel like Portland is such an agricultural like capital and there's so many like values in the community around like the environment and nature and um how that yeah like how to interact with it and kind of the norms you know like Mm -hmm. where you're from also like in the summer like you just like there's always just like fresh food around yeah um kind of that fresh food and farmer's markets and like the fo- there's like a forest in my neighborhood and there's just like wild blackberries and yeah. so things and we just grew some stuff as well um so I feel like just being in that environment like really inspired me and kind of gave me like really high standards for food and yeah mentality like, and um yeah like what's like an ideal version was and like you might be thinking like why did you leave that it's because I was like this is such like a haven and it's I feel like that was designed there for certain people and Mm -hmm. it wasn't people like me there I always felt like an outsider there and I wanted to create change in the system so that the world can become more accessible with nature and food and people just being able to have that connection. I feel like it's a very human connection to know your food. And so, yeah, that's why I moved to New York. It's like the total opposite of that. New York City. Yeah. Upstate is, and like out East is very aligned, I feel still, but I think I wanted to come to New York because I feel like there's more to create and there's more important conversations and yeah and also New York needs you and I was just having a conversation this morning with a coach and um we were having the same conversation of like you know people always ask me why did I leave home like this little island that had access to nature my dad's an amazing chef cooking Lebanese food all the time and you know we had access to all these fresh produce everyone has gardens and farms and I know where my eggs came from I know where my meat came from like it was such a beautiful place to grow up. And the coach said something along the lines of like, you have to sometimes leave that for things to change. And like, what are you offering to New York? Oh my God. (laughs) Oh my God. What is her? He, his name is spaghetti. Spaghetti. Oh my God. I miss having a cat. I really have a pet fever. Yeah, we're in our 20s, like, mm-hmm. it's like easy to stay somewhere that feels safe. And you know that, like, fortunately, that's like home, you know, yeah. like you just be there and you know what that feels like. And um, you can always important. go back to it. 
Yeah. And you can always like also like create it wherever you are. Like you yeah. carry the energy. And I think that's like why I'm here. Cause I'm like, this is, it's fun to like create your little haven somewhere that's not supposed to be like that. <laughs> yeah. And it's important to, and it's important to share like your experiences with others and like make it known that it's possible. And especially you having goals to change things drastically, mm -hmm. like it's really important that you're doing that work and you're creating those havens elsewhere in the world that might need them more because it's already built there where you came from. Um, so I would love for you to tell me more about breaking bread. Yes. So breaking bread came about in June of May, June of 2020 at the wake of the George Floyd protests, mm -hmm. me and four other co-founders, um, kind of got together and started grassroots fundraising to feed the people and feel the movement. Feed the community, feel the movement. That's our slogan. Yeah. Um, we came to do that. And our first week, we raised $10,000, like just from the community. And wow. we gave it back to restaurants that were Black, Indigenous, or people of color or queer owned mm -hmm. um, to kind of support them because restaurants were really struggling then. So we did $10 meals and we were able to, yeah, make a thousand meals and put them right to protesters and also to healthcare workers and any kind of essential workers at that time because people were working so hard. That was crazy. Yeah. Um, and we just kept like fundraising. And then at the time, so obviously I'm in food. I do like hospitality experiences and I was doing it for like, like fashion beauty brands and mm -hmm you know, no one was doing those activations anymore. So I was out of work. So really quickly, I like in March, I started working with Phoenix Community Garden. Um, I was there like four or five day days a week. I worked the farm stand. I was like getting like promoting people to like not go to grocery stores and to, like shop at these places because people were one like tight on budgets because they weren't working or they were on unemployment or mm -hmm. waiting on unemployment um and people were like I don't know when you're not working in the system you're able to observe the system and the flaws of it yeah. so um I was able to like I think yeah it was like quite a community of like older adults there but there's always like younger people there but we were able to like change I think the I don't know the specific numbers but the CSA bags which is a uh, community supported agriculture bag for anyone listening yeah. um, went the orders or the subscriptions went from like 30 people to like over 200 people in the wow. neighborhood and so it's great to see you know people in that neighborhood really support this like entity and a lot of them didn't know about it um, and they're like, this is so close to me. And it's, cr it's crazy because people were able to get a week's worth of produce for $14 versus wow. like at the, at the time, you know, you'd be spending like 40, 50, $60 on that. Mm -hmm. And this is all organic and local regionally supported produce and also mm -hmm. stuff from the garden that was growing, um, and kind of helping that program. And then, um, so yeah. That's how I kind of got involved in like the that space in New York mm -hmm. and then creating breaking bread from that. And then in 
August, we did another fundraiser to support, um, to like make those CSA bags accessible to people who like couldn't even access those themselves or like yeah. didn't care of it to make it accessible. Cause it's like, if this is already so much more accessible, like we can, it's like you could feed someone else. If your budget was already something, you can feed many more families. So we started a, like um, a fundraiser and we raised like about $50,000 in a month. Wow. You're able to feed um, one of our community partners, Domestic Workers United, which is a community of women who are domestic workers and they're African, Latina, Caribbean women that are undocumented. Um, and they are their own community who's like supporting domestic workers to have more like rights. Um, and a lot of them like work for very wealthy people and they even live in like homeless shelters, you know, yeah. or they can't even like feed their own children. Mm -hmm. so we were able to feed them for about a year and a half. Wow. Speak with the community garden. That's amazing. Yeah. And we're still ongoing, like partnering with them, which is amazing. Yeah. Um, it's great to see like that their food needs have, like, they don't need the food anymore because they were able to support themselves. Like mm -hmm. some of them do, um, but they have like other needs now that we're able to kind of help them out with right now. And then, yeah, Breaking Bread has changed a lot since 2020. It's 2023. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we were really like, on the ground more but now like we're all back to work I feel like that was the biggest struggle I'm not able to go back to the community garden because I'm I've moved yeah. a little far from there but I'm still so supportive of them and I'm not able to like invest my time mm -hmm. anymore I, I can't wait to retire someday to yeah. like garden all day um but yeah Breaking Bread has evolved and for me like when I was feeling like kind of I was feeling like a bit of a in 2021 we took like a break a lot of nonprofits did mm -hmm. um, a few months because everyone was so tired and we're like we apparently have to go back to work and we apparently have to like, <laughs> get back in the system you know <laughs> like things were picking up and now it's like oh yeah um and you're like there's still so many issues going on in the community with like food insecurity so and people just took a break and then in the springtime um for me I was like I don't want to just have done this in my past and just go back to working it was important for me to find a way to make um like breaking bread like the core of yeah. my work but be able to still like work um like yeah work in like like luxurious spaces and creating luxurious experiences because that's my work and I love to like create with abundance but also more consciously yeah um, so, yeah but for me it was like only working with regenerative and local produce at like probably like 80 to 90 percent so I'm still like giving back trying to support mm -hmm. community gardens as well um with like any experiences and then um making sure that those there's no food waste I feel like that's a huge issue with like yeah. fashion and beauty activations is like the clients are asking for so much food but they're not taking responsibility for where it's going or even for like photo shoots. So yeah, yeah, it was like, how can we make make a system? Because Breaking Bad has always been about creating like a system, like a circular economy. Yeah. Um, 
with like what we're doing. So for me, like as an individual and like my career, I was like, okay, how can I create more of a circular experience? And, um, and then I started working with um, One Love Community Fridge. Uh, yes. Is this what a- you, you had a post the other day? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So in 2022 or like we've been chatting in 2021, but like as I was getting more like work in back in the activation space and hospitality experiences, um, I yeah started like calling up asthma from them. Like, can you pick up some stuff from the kitchen? And we would like put the groceries in the fridge together. And sometimes I would make meals if like things were like not quite you know, food, like things people want to cook with. I'm like, I'm just making some meals. Um, And then, yeah, we, that was just more of a, like something I was working on with myself. Mm -hmm. And then we decided we like in December of last year um, for, uh, we did like a fundraiser, like a winter story fundraiser with, Mariah Ananda and Gina Bruno of Frank's house and uh, we put on a beautiful like fundraising like holiday party um for break for with breaking bread and one love community fridge and we what do we do it was just like a lot of deli- like delicious food a lot yeah. of amazing people came together and we raised over like seven thousand dollars wow. to a fun uh to create like a fridge a new like fridge um, build it and also like keep filling it up mm-hmm. but I guess like to tell about that story um, yeah already getting into it but yes. um <laughs> and basically we wanted to like open a fridge in the springtime it's obviously hasn't happened it's the end of May um but that was because um there was like an opportunity presented to us uh via One Love Community Fridge to mm-hmm. design a fridge within like uh, that was like a living fridge that was like the idea and we were like okay let's like not force ourselves to like put this fridge up like let's make something cooler like yeah. you know it's like really like work on something that can be bigger than what it is already it's like if we we're already focused on one place like this kind of idea can go more because we had a meeting in early February or like late January um and we were just talking about ideas at the space that we wanted to do it at and we were like we really want it I was like that'd be so cool if you can like take a seat next to it you can um put stuff in the fridge but also like pantry for dry items so you could put like more than just food there Mm -hmm. and dry food items but like feminine care products or any any kind of hygiene products or any like kind of like clean fresh clothing um and also like asthma was like that'd be so cool if there's like plants on it and there could be a living system a part of it in some way like we were growing something on it she's like food would be cool but like anything yeah and we drew up some like ideas and then she was like actually we were invited to work with public access on a fridge for design week like let's just focus on this and then see what happens after it after the design week presentation so it was very like grassroots like very like group text just ideas a couple meetings here and there and um different people from within the one love community space 
um, like one of the biggest contributors was various uh, projects. Mm-hmm. Uh, Elizabeth from there, she, um, yeah, she does like a lot of like print work on like cool recycled plastic yeah. and a lot of design work her and her husband do. So she, she was, she did a huge um, part of that. Um, and there is also, I can't remember all everyone's names, but there was an incredible like spatial designer yeah. and it was like, I'm really amazing to just kind of throw things in there. And my biggest contribution beyond like the kind of like ideas around it was to integrate like herbs and plants and hardy stuff onto like the roof of it. So it could, you know, like not only sequester carbon, but also provide like herbal ingredients that people can like play with and yeah and we're I'm I'm really thinking like when we actually beyond because that was such a prototype like in the future like really kind of like educate on the fridge like what are the items in Mm -hmm. the that are growing so people can like learn when they're at the fridge Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah I think our next steps is how can we integrate this into spaces but also um beyond New York I think there's such a need beyond and I think that like you know the pandemic in New York especially felt like a weird movie in a a way Mm -hmm. and I think that it feels so like behind us like it's not relevant sometimes but I think there was a lot of beautiful um there's a lot of time spent kind of reimagining the future I agree yeah to like create a better world because the world is is not in a good state with for humanity right now in the west especially um I think it was definitely like an awakening experience for a lot of people and just realizing more of what we need and what we don't need anymore mm -hmm. um that's like definitely a conversation that's been top of mind for me is like what do we actually need as a society? Like, what do we not need more of? Because even in the last two years since the pandemic, my vision of what I wanted for my future has changed because the things I used to want did not help anyone but my ego. Yeah. And like what I wanted to show the world I could achieve. And I'm like, I don't want to leave this earth working so hard to prove myself and my ego. Like, I really want to like figure out a way to, like you said, like have this ecosystem where it's not just helping myself, it's helping the community around me. And even further on, like, how can I even trace it back to my ancestors and the things my dad struggled with in Lebanon? And how can I trace it back to the women there and like helping them and the community and everything that's going on with the government? And I think it's so important to have those conversations because I like even realized, and maybe you did too, growing up in the States we're very sheltered from a lot of that stuff, especially growing up in small communities and having these safe havens. Moving to New York was so eye-opening to me of like the issues that are going on. if your parents like grew up in like, especially if you, I think especially when you like grow up in like a really safe place, but like your parents grew up in very unsafe places. Yes. Yeah, you come to New York and they're like, Hmm. Yeah. And it's kind of wild. Cause like even my dad's background and like literally growing up his whole life in war and he mm-hmm. never talked to us about those things. He wanted to protect us. He didn't even tell us like how hard it is to get to the United States. I thought like, I genuinely believe that one day he just chose that he wanted to come here. Like I had no idea until my, like, at least in my twenties, I just thought it was like this simple thing. Mm-hmm. And now having friends that come from all over the world and even understanding the process of that and like the issues that are happening, I'm not even going to get, I'm not going to get into all of it, but 
it was so eye-opening and it was so necessary, especially for like myself and like just understanding like what needs to be done. And um, actually my old apartment in Williamsburg, they had one of the community fridges across the street. Like I could literally see it from my bedroom window. Like the, the impact of a singular fridge, I could not believe how much it was helping people. Yeah. The constant usage of it, seeing like locals always bringing food, seeing others picking it up, like this flow of like give and take. Mm -hmm. I was just like, oh my God, like just like something that was as simple as putting a fridge there. And I know it was probably logistically not simple, but how it like helps the community and how it, how it makes it easy for someone to get involved in that as well. Mm -hmm. Like exactly. You literally just have to drop off food and you're helping someone. Exactly. You just be more conscious of like what you're buying. And I think it's amazing for like a consumer who is able to feed themselves. Like when you're during your own grocery shopping and you know that appliances in your community you're able to like think beyond yourself mm-hmm. beyond your pri- like yourself as a priority and you prioritize like giving back yeah know? and that's just like we should be more responsible as a community I think and especially at the west and like cities like we don't really have responsibility over our community it's very mm-hmm. like whatever happens in my house is my business. And if you're suffering, that's your problem. Yeah. Mindset, especially, I think, you know, unless like people are your friends, but I was talking to someone yesterday who, um, um, they're, they, yeah, it was an olive oil brand. They have a, they have a, their farms are in Greece and they're talking about the community there. And they're like, no matter if people don't have disagreements with each other, like they're such like an old community who's like, everyone's known each other and their family for so long, they still feel responsible for each other's like well-being, yes. safety, mm-hmm. but it, like, you can still have like differences and not agree on things, but you're still like, I'm still going to make sure I'm like, they eat yes. and they're able to drink water and they're able to like, be okay and need help in the way that they need and um I really feel like the community fridge concept within like as like an appliance within like food sovereignty spaces like tackling food insecurity it makes it much more of an like yeah it's just easier there's not like a community involved because um you should definitely talk with Asmara she has such a world of like her thoughts and observations on yeah the distribution model that tackles food insecurity she's just explained to me that it's not viable because you know waiting in line somewhere in the middle of the day in the middle of the work week is not accessible to someone who is um might be working Mm -hmm. has a specific diet and they can't eat a lot of the food that's given to them yes they um also if able like if you aren't able to travel that far Mm -hmm. um, that's something that's really upset me in the past especially when I lived in Boston I volunteered often at community kitchens and one thing I heard a lot that really was upsetting is like uh beggars can't be choosers of like what food they were getting and that to such a degree like mm, mm -mm, yeah it's horrible and like you said with this new concept of the fridge and just even providing like feminine products mm-hmm. I over the winter there was this opportunity through my job to donate it was 
for families in California, but basically they gave you a, like a Christmas wish list and you could choose like what you wanted to send. You would not believe the amount of women who are just asking for feminine care products for Christmas. So I don't know. And I think one thing, at least like through conversations of people I know and like reasoning of like why they don't get involved is they think it's much more complicated to help than it has to be. Yeah, absolutely. I think, yeah, like I love your point on just asking. It's like mm-hmm. everything is a conversation. It's yeah. not, oh, you're hungry, eat this. It's like, what do you want to eat? I think that's something that I think, especially in New York, I mean, I come from Portland. There is a huge hate for houseless people there. People mm-hmm. that are terrible and disgusting and invasive. And I understand because a lot of them are like, people I understand the dynamics of like why people have such a like a hate for them because they seem invasive but I do not and I don't empathize with it because I'm like Mm -hmm. these people are still people and like they're struggling with like a drug addiction yeah and they're struggling like they're not they like they're all like white people from like the west coast of the U.S. so that came from small towns and um it's really obvious that like they moved to Portland for hope and like, you know, they probably grew up on like farms or mm-hmm. industry in New in Portland, but it was probably all taken over by big, um, like bigger companies that didn't hire them, you know, like they, they weren't able to like get work because like yeah. everything's out there. It's such like a tech place within like agriculture and lumber and everything. So it's like, there's just like a whole generation of people who are like lost mm-hmm. in the and like people don't empathize with them and like coming to New York also I think there's just such like a fear of like houseless people and not understanding like how like food insecurity affects like mental health yeah Um, and like usually you know like the best thing you can do for like an individual um that you see whether they're like selling someone selling something on the subway or they're asking something asking for food they're saying they're hungry you just have to say what do you want to eat hungry for just like go pick it up and bring it to them and like you give them some cash and you know like Mm -hmm. when you hand someone a dollar a dollar is doesn't go far Mm -hmm. at all like we all know like you literally wake up in New York and shit three hundred dollars like like you they're like all right like there it went so you have to like I think like when you're like okay someone's hungry I'm gonna give them twenty dollars like to Mm -hmm. like they need and ask like if they need anything else because yeah that's like the least you can do for like an individual um, yeah and not giving back if you want to get involved in the community it's just asking you know you never know if they have children a lot of the times I've asked someone is like I need um baby formula and you're like yeah you were hungry yourself they're like I am hungry but my baby is hungrier so mm-hmm. I would rather feed them there's so much talk about like self-care and I think self-care is out like who like you're you're like self-care is out like the, if you want to care about yourself and you need to care about your community community care is like your own self-care because if you feel safe outside it's because the other people the people outside are feeling unsafe so you mm-hmm. should like make them feel safe there's so much like I don't know like I there was a time that um, my friend Woldy Reyes amazing chef and I we did a dinner or we did like a, it was one of our first activations in 2021 back to um, 
with like a fashion brand and made these really gorgeous picnic baskets for like the editors and influencers and they came in and we had a, like a lot of extra food because people were like kind of scared the camp can't come in you know they're like mm-hmm. go in because like yeah. I like um so we had all this extra food and we went to Washington Square Park and there's like a whole area there if you've seen there that's kind of blocked mm-hmm. off from using and there was people like don't walk in they're gonna hurt you I was like these are people and they're high so they're probably happy like they're yeah. probably living their life right now there's people like out there and like I just walked in with all the food and like it was just beautiful to see that like we were just giving them like fresh fruit that we had and like mm-hmm. different things and um they were very like what are you guys doing in here like are you guys like the cops or something like yeah and then we were like hey we have food and everyone was just eating you could feel like everyone's energy light up there were people who were very like knocked out who mm-hmm. had food and like their energy just came back and um I think like yeah like food and hunger causes a lot of suffering and people get pushed into margins of like abusing drugs abusing mm-hmm. you know one another because they're simply like hungry you know yeah. like it's kind of I feel like food is like the core of it all and like because like we all like grow up with different traumas like sometimes it's hard to like know but the pain the difference between the pain of hunger and the pain of needing something else yes and like covering up hunger with other things I think there's just so much conversation and information about food that we all don't like know about Mm -hmm. anymore Mm -hmm. and I say anymore because I feel like what you said earlier like we need to get back to a place of yeah just caring for for one another and making sure that we're all fed and we have all like the basic needs that we have and I think that's why I really see like the community fridge as such a tool to kind of like repair repair that for us because it's not anything new it's something that like we all like our ancestors yeah they took part in that and that's like within us we just have to like uncover it Mm -hmm. yeah I love that and that leads me to kind of to another question is how do you balance this hunger for helping your community and the world and um also kind of working in an industry that can be quite blind to it um like that balance between the two yeah yeah like we are actually causing the problem yeah um yeah I I guess it's like holding for me it's like kind of integrating the conversation and integrating the the like how powerful it is what an impact it is it's like if you're about to pay me thousands of dollars can you also pay my nonprofit thousands of dollars and that you know, it's not just benefiting me and my business and my, my, um, team, but it's going to benefit. It's going to feed probably hundreds of people mm-hmm. uh, or feel a project that is going to help and build the community. And, um, it's been, there's been like a, like a good response within that. I feel, um, it's obviously can be better, but I think definitely it's like, just seeing like with like luxury brands like they're more interested to get involved in that um and support it yeah so it's been like a lot of just like including that or if it's like a food brand I'm like will you make a donation yeah 
like any other brands I'm like can you give like a financial or product donation mm-hmm. um or getting involved in fundraisers or collaborating in some way I feel like it's a communal effort you know because we're yeah. all humans and food sovereignty is is something I don't think anyone would be against you know it's not like a political party it's just like do you think food should be in control like of us like the people like it's not in the power of a corporation um I think everyone would agree that it's it's like our our job to make sure like the soil is healthy and the food is delicious and accessible and we're able to feed it to everybody I think everyone agrees with it but I think it's still very much in like the beginning stages I because like for me how I see like climate change and ending issues and poverty I think food is really like the first step it's just making people are fed because how are we supposed to even think if we aren't eating you know yeah I think that's kind of like why we called it breaking bread because it's like we need to like eat first before we like solve any issues yeah I love that and um so what advice would you give to someone who is trying to build a community and they're I feel like you came here from Portland, you were clear that you wanted to work in food and you kind of created that seat for yourself at the table just through like exploration. You were like, I don't need to go to school for this. I'm working. I feel like you took advantage of the fact that, you know, social allows us to kind of create what we want to create in ourselves. And then also gives us access to people. Maybe you wouldn't always just like run a into on the street like you can build a community you want you can send a message you want you can create a career that you want mm-hmm. um so what would be your advice to someone who just wants to build their own community and do what they want to do hmm I love this question I think like the first thing I'm thinking of like I think it's accessible mm-hmm. to everyone because we're all part of a community and I think we all feel some sort of way about the state of like our world and um, just recognizing what's important to you and like what you feel is like your gift to give back or to communicate or educate on um, and creating space for it and, you know, making it not a job and finding, I think you can also find like, I think sometimes people struggle with not having good friends and people yeah. they don't like, I don't support them. I think if you make this value kind of the forefront like a boundary of yours you're able to kind of weed out all the people who are not supporting you and supporting the world that you want to see and attract a community yourself that wants to um wants to invest in that and I think I think like how I can compare my experience to that tip is like when I started working at the community garden I was opened up to like a community of people who are like we are in the most like the biggest food desert in New York City and we've been doing this since 2007 and we all just like are we all like love food we all have our own jobs we all make Mm -hmm. money different ways we all have different incomes but we all really care about food and we want to make sure that people are eating healthy we want to eat healthy and that's like a boundary because it's like I was choosing to spend time with these people rather than people who were doing things that I didn't like support or I didn't you know, I didn't feel like was a good use of time because time is, time is value. And your biggest vote is not on a ballot. It's your time. It's your money. It's 
where you're investing those things into because the people on the ballot are getting investments. So you can, you know, every day you can vote for something and that's like your future, your community. And yeah, I think that's kind of where, where it starts and you can do fun things for your community, like hosting dinner parties that are like raisers. You can host um, just like events that are like in, in benefit of something in your community. Um, And even just like, I think that open that level of compassion can open you up to like even what's going on with like your own community people like your own friends close to you understanding what they're going through and how you could support them on a deeper level yeah no it's beautiful and I think that's uh the perfect advice to give because I think from conversation and dms I get with we all dream especially is people feeling lost of like the their current community doesn't really support what they really, really want. Um, Mm -hmm. and they feel lost on how to build that. And that's always a question of like, how did you build that? How did you find these people? Or how did this, um, in this episode, like she talks about this and I don't really understand how to find that. And so it's just something I like to touch upon based on the community that the guest is on in, because you're directly speaking to people who might find a similar interest. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. And I think dreaming, the biggest thing with dreaming, like you need space to dream and yeah. you aren't able, if people are holding you from dreaming, like you need to create space for your dreams and they might not fit into those. And that's why we have to go to bed to dream. We have to sleep. Yeah. We have to be alone. We have to be in our own world. So mm-hmm. create yeah. space for the dream. Yeah. Do you have any like um, fun food events coming up this summer? What's going on? Um, I'm traveling Ooh. for some work. Um, so you, so if you guys want to follow me, you can keep up to see what's happening. Speak too much on it right now. Cool. Traveling far to a new continent, and then, um, I'm working with Cloudy Donuts. Um, I worked with them in December. Also, this is also another really fun project that we did. But I created a donut with them it's called the extra virgin kiss and it's extra virgin olive oil Uh, we used graza who so kindly donated some olive oil to us and it was i paired it with vanilla bean and Mm -hmm. some lemon and it was just very it was like my i'm such like a boring dessert person i just like a twist and a classic so i love like a glazed donut and i kind of wanted to just like put like a more refined twist on a glazed donut so it just had like hint of olive oil and lemon and vanilla bean that sounds heavenly (laughs) it's delicious so yeah in December we did like a fundraiser for breaking bread to go back to DWU um yeah we raised like a thousand dollars in like one day just on some donuts that's amazing and and that was just such like an easy plug you know Mm -hmm. put a glaze on there let's sell it let's donate it um and we're going to be kind of launching some more donuts this this summer I'm thinking in June we're going to be doing a pop-up um and you know there will be more projects with them it's an ongoing partnership but if you're in New York and you're going to be here on solstice come Mm. Brooklyn Heights for a little chic pop-up and some other pastries and things I'm going to be serving my plant-based compound butters that people have been asking to buy. So Ooh. first time, first time, pick it up. Uh, and you're still vegan. 
yeah. pretty much mm-hmm. <laughs> pretty much I'm more flexible now um yeah. because, um flexibility it's just different things and I want to also like respect the places I'm in and not like mm-hmm. harm myself but definitely when I'm in New York and I'm serving myself I am a vegan because I'm like yeah I don't know where some of this ingredients come from I'm like ah. mm-hmm. yeah. So, yeah yeah I'm starting to grow I'm starting to evolve but still a conscious girl <laughs> yeah that's what I've uh, recently I've met I don't know recently there's a lot of vegans around me I was vegan for about a year um and then my healer like one of our sessions was like are you craving meat <laughs> I was like I'm literally dreaming about it like I don't feel good <laughs> and like- this is this is when I was living back at home. So like I could literally go to a local farm and pick up meat right from their yeah. farm. And I knew where I was coming from. And it's like, just go pick up a really small piece of meat, cook it up. Tell me how you feel. I was like revived. And I was like, Oh my God. Um, so- but I need to try your food. <laughs> yes. I would love to, I'd love to cook for you. And you. Oh, yes. you. I would love that. Um, and so final questions are, what is your dreams for the future? It could be near future or far future. In general, I would like to live on a farm. Mm-hmm. Like it was homestead, but I definitely want to like have some kind of like farm and hospitality experience that people yeah. can and enjoy and kind of get involved in like agriculture. Um and I just want to travel the world and eat lots of delicious food and meet people and just build more connections and um just be a bit softer in life (laughs) that's beautiful chef's kiss (laughs) exactly I want to feed people the way you speak in the way you evolve in the way you exist in your community is just like such a great example of like you're living you're balancing your I don't even honestly lately I don't even really believe in the world word balance but I believe in like the feeling the flow the effect and that ecosystem I love like a vortex swirl because it just feels like it's just constantly moving it's like hitting every asset of life and people and journeys and experiences and you know when you like flow with love you're just open to so many possibilities Mm -hmm. um and I yeah the spiral I'm just I'm every since I grew up my mom was just always drawing that spiral everywhere and now it's literally everywhere but that has always kind of been like my vision of flowing um just following along with you and like what you represent and what you share is just such a wonderful attribute to just like the online space um so thank you for that as well thank you i love the internet people love to hate on it but i think it's like a magical tool if you allow it to be just like a phrase like, like yes a, like whatever your intention is it can be beautiful the internet i agree we yes harder on here like it's so good thank you so much for having me Michaela. yes thank you for being on it was such a pleasure and I can't wait to see you in person and make beautiful food together enjoy your day and um, I'm so excited to see these mysterious summer travels (laughs) 